0: This is Matthew Hester, Senior Pastor at Dominion Church. I want to thank you for joining us this week on the Dominion Church Podcast Experience. Our podcast aims to deliver truth from God's Word concerning His kingdom and your righteous identity as His beloved child. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and do share it with a friend. We pray that you are blessed, challenged, and changed by what you're about to hear. All right, welcome to Dominion Church. Thank you so much for joining us here. If you're on Facebook, do me a favor, go ahead and like and share this so others can be blessed as a result. Maybe you're watching on our YouTube channel at Dominion Church SC or on our podcast and the Dominion Church podcast experience. The point is you're you're with us, you're receiving from us, and we are so grateful uh, that you'd be a part of that. Do me a favor, come and be a part of one of our corporate gatherings. Right now we're meeting at the historic Taylor Mill in Greer, South Carolina. Our services start at 1 o'clock. We'd love for you to come. There's room for you here to come and receive and be a part of what we do here corporately. Um, so yeah, I just want to jump into a couple things that I have on my heart for today. Um, the last two weeks in particular, uh, I'll just be honest, I have, I've been missing my dad. I really have the last couple of weeks. And, uh, and it comes and goes, right, for any of you that have had that kind of substantial loss of a parent, loved one, whatever, uh, who, whoever I should say, um, you, you know what I'm talking about. There, there are times where it's just heavy, and then other times you just you feel like, ah, life's just moving on. These last couple of, of weeks, it hasn't been that way. And so uh, what I've tried to do, the discipline that I've tried to adopt, is when I'm missing my dad or also uh, even Dr. Varner, who those are probably the two most important men in my life in terms of influence. Uh, it, it is amazing to me that uh, just coming up in a couple weeks, just just a couple weeks from now, but dr Varner will will have been gone 14 years which boggles my mind and then dad passed may the 25th 2021 so not long ago uh, and so there are times where you know you you have, you're talk about trusting yourself and I'm, I'm a proponent of that trust the Holy Spirit trust the God in you <clears throat> but then there are other times where like man I, I really enjoyed being able to ask my dad something anybody know what I'm talking about I've got a question, I, I really, you know, I knew people I could trust and now that list is getting smaller, right, and so you have to continue to trust Holy Spirit and so as I was thinking about that, um, again, one of the disciplines that I have is I'll go and I'll study notes, I've got, I've got binders full of dad's notes, um, I've got notes from Varner that I just go back and it's like when I'm going through those, I can hear it in their voice saying things to me. Right, right. Um, don't, don't make it weird. It's not weird. I, it's like I can hear them because I listen to those guys more than anybody. Let's be honest. You know, my dad, I listen to thousands of hours, Barner probably almost as much. Um, and so today I, I actually just went and grabbed some notes and I'm, I'm actually going to preach a little bit here or teach rather, because this is about what you're going to get. I'd, I'd said before we started streaming, I've, I've been wrestling with uh, the, the pollen uh, outside, and so this is about what you're going to get in terms of output for today. Um, but uh, I wanted to to talk about the three levels of relationship, the three levels of relationship. And when I was going through these, it really impacted me and was a good reminder uh, of a way that you can measure yourself, right, where, measure where you are in your own journey, and it's also where you, you can identify where people are in their journey. And and I'll just say this up front. One of the things that you have to learn, and I had to learn it the hard way, is having grace for people where they are in their journey. <laughs> that is that is so hard to do, especially when you feel like they should be farther along. Right? But let's be honest, there are times where I and you and, and you guys watching and listening, we all have our hard head moments where you just decided, well, I'm, I, this is it, and I know this is right, and then it takes a while before you're willing to finally let go and let the Lord challenge your paradigms. I get it. Uh, and so um, just want to encourage you in that when we talk about it's like, like levels of relationship. That doesn't mean when you encounter someone who maybe is on level one that you're rough with them, impatient with them. No, if anything, they need more patience and more kindness to help to move them along. You get what I'm saying? Uh, so I want to make sure I preface that with this. So we, we've got just a few verses that are going to be our foundation for the next few minutes. <clears throat> so if you want to open up your Bibles to John chapter eight, uh, we're going to start in verse 25. And so this is one of those classic you know, encounters Jesus has with a multitude. I think it's interesting that the bulk of the time that Jesus is saying or doing anything, a crowd is gathered. Um, And so I think that's interesting, just a little side note. So there in verse 25, uh, then they said, or they asked of him, who are you? (laughs) Who are you? Now keep keep tabs as we go. Who are you is level one, okay? And Jesus said to them, uh, the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you, But he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard from him. And they didn't understand. Uh, They they didn't understand. Uh, He spoke to them of the Father. And then Jesus said to them, When you've lifted up the Son of Man, then you'll know that, that that's who I am, and that I don't do anything of myself, but as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. And that he sent me, right? The one that has sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I do always the things that please him. And as he spoke these words, many believed. This is level two. The first level, who are you? The second level, those who believed. Or the word in the Greek is, those who were convinced, right? Many believed on him. Many were convinced, What he is saying is true. And then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue or abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. That's level three. (laughs) You're my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You'll know the truth, the truth will make you free. And so right here in these verses we see these three different levels of relationship. Now, first, certainly in these verses, there's the relational proximity with Jesus, but also you can gauge these kinds of relationships with people that you meet. You can gauge them in local church settings. I mean, seriously, uh, if you just think, think it through here. So number one, let's go back. The first group is who are you? You notice Jesus spends the bulk of his time answering them. He doesn't spend a whole lot of time, it looks like, with the group that believed or the group that were disciples indeed. He's, he spoke the most and he explained the most to those who were spectators, or you could say to those who were curious. That is the first level of relationship. People that are just trying to figure out what are you about? You know, I don't don't really know you. I'm not sure I even believe you, but we're just going to see what's up. You ever had people like that in your own life? (laughs) Right. Okay, the next level, the second group, many believed on him. They were convinced that what he was saying was true. And so the first is spectators. The second level are believers. So spectators are curious. Believers are convinced. And Jesus said to those which believed on me, if you will continue, then you'll become my disciples. So belief, I want you to hear this. Belief is not a guarantee that you're going to be a disciple. And we're going to, we're going to talk about the word disciple in just a minute. Okay. So believers are convinced, and then you get to disciples. If you'll continue in my word, then you're going to know the truth. And we know truth... Right? Actually, in, in the notes that I have here, it breaks it down further. It says, you will know the one who is the truth. John 14, 6. You will know the one who is the truth, and he will make you free. And of course, the freedom is twofold, but you could still, they're very much married together. saw not freedom from the law or freedom from sin. The two are connected. The law empowers sin. Where there is no law, there is no transgression. So they, they very much are closely married together. So disciples are committed. So here we have three groups, spectators who are curious, believers who are convinced, and disciples who are committed. Can we break this down a little bit more? Let's look at some hallmarks of spectators. They're curious, but by and large, useless in the kingdom of God. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love them. It doesn't mean that He doesn't want them to be prosperous, and have joy in their lives. Not at all. It just means that when it comes to the kingdom of God, they, don't, they can't understand it because they can't even see it. Right? They're, they're, they literally are just trying to figure out, just prove to me what you are. I don't even know if I believe any of this stuff. But again, remember, Jesus was patient with them and took the time to explain, which I think is something, let me, let me just say for my own part, there's, there's been lots of years where I missed that part. Where I just felt the most effective way to deal with someone in their immaturity is to rip the Band-Aid off the, <laughs> rip the, Band-Aid off the wound and tear the scab off and get to living. Um, there, there's better ways than that, right? And, and then you think about this. Um, Varner said that the, the curious, the spectators, they don't deliver anybody, right? Because they're still bound up. They're bound up in their own doubt, their own fear, their own insecurities. They, they have interest in the Lord, but they're just not sure they're ready to buy in. Now, I want to tell you what I'm saying here. There are curious spectators who make up large portions of our churches. See, if we're not careful, we just think curious spectators are the, un, are the unsaved, whatever label you want to use. But no, I deal with people on a daily basis that have been saved for many years, and they still are spectators. They still have no... True connection, either to the Lord or a local faith community. By the way, you have to have the two. You guys okay? I know that's a tough word, right? We always talk about how, well, my relationship with, with, with Jesus is good. Okay, well, how's your relationship with the Christ? Well, what do you mean the Christ? Well, that's the corporate anointed one, you, right? You, you got to have a relationship with local faith community. You, I, I taught it so many times that my eyes get crossed. Psalm 133, the place of commanded blessing where brothers dwell together in unity. So we've got to have this, right, because this is where we have anointing we otherwise don't have, okay? So then the next, believers who are convinced. Let's talk about believers who are convinced. Again, many, many local churches are made up of believers who are convinced, and that's good. We need all these, by the way. All these are welcome. They all should be, okay? Believers who are convinced. The first thing we find out about believers who are convinced, unfortunately, is that they're selfish, And we're gonna unpack some of this. They're, they're focused on delivering themselves and they see the kingdom, but walking in the kingdom is still appears to be out of reach. Now, now, why do I say that they're selfish? Well, because um, one of the hallmarks of believers is that they love the message, they love the revelation. And as long as I get more revelation for myself, that's what makes me feel validated. It makes me feel deep or, or makes me feel like I'm better than, I mean, we wouldn't say that, but I'm better than others because my, my revelation has gotten me to this place. Oh, these, these, these poor curious spectators just can't understand what I understand. And so if we're not careful, it becomes very selfish. Um, again, Varner had a way of saying it like this. He said, in the kingdom of God, <clears throat> one of the sins that we have to guard against is Gnosticism. Gnosticism, the worship of knowledge. Because if we're not careful, um, knowledge becomes God. And usually that God looks like us. So it looks like what I believe. Isn't it funny how how much God can confirm your own bias? Isn't that interesting how that works? (laughs) Come on, especially in America, y'all. I mean, God's red, white, and blue. Y'all didn't know that? I mean, He is. God is the American flag sometimes if we're not careful. Listen, one of the things, and and I know, I know, South Carolina, how dare you speak like this? Christian nationalism is a scary thing. It is, right? Anytime we try to marry the kingdom of God to empire, it's a scary thing. And we have precedent for it, right? You go back and you study Constantine and tell me what good it did for the church. It didn't do any good for the church. All it did was dilute the church, because when Constantine said, okay, how about this? The the religion of of my kingdom is going to be Christianity. Guess what? All of a sudden, anyone who worshiped false gods, they said, well, I'm a Christian. Count me in. What good does that do? (laughs) They were afraid they'd lose their business. They were afraid they'd lose their, their livelihood. And so they conformed to an image, but there was no heart transformation. So, yeah, Christian nationalism is something we need to talk about. We need we need to not be afraid to have those conversations, right? Does God love America? Yes, He does, but He loves America as much as He loves any other nation and any other people group, right? And, and if we're not careful, hear this, I don't know, why am I saying this right now? This is not what I want to talk about. Uh, America may be reaching its uh, end cycle of empire if we're not careful, and then the true church is going to have to figure out how to emerge and put that stuff behind us so that we can really be... Salt and light to the world that needs us. All right? So, okay, that was that was way heavier than I wanted to go. And then you have disciples who are committed. So disciples who are committed, profitable to the kingdom of God, right? Because they know who they are, they know whose they are. They have a heart to deliver others. It's not a selfish intention. It, it's not so much about what I know, but does what I know, can I live it out, and can I use it as something transformative for other people's freedom? Okay, if so, then count me in. So they don't just see the kingdom, they also possess the kingdom. They, they lay hold of it. And so I want to talk about these groups a little bit more, and then we're finished. Like I said, I, I, I'm not going to take long today, but this, this is challenging already. So the first group, the first group, spectators curious, useless to the kingdom, they, they deliver no one, cannot see the kingdom. The first group is ever listening and learning they 're amazed by miracles, and they will quit you the first time you disagree with their thinking <laughs> uh, i i 'm laughing because crying is not an option right now, but the truth is usually there 's tears accompany with that you know when you when you When you lay down your life, you help others, and perhaps this is more from a personal ministry perspective when you literally are walking hand-in-hand hand with someone through hardship, and then once there comes a place where you just disagree with the way that they think, thank you, thanks for everything, we'll see you, see you later. We Suddenly we found the Lord is shifting our season. Right? This, I, I hate that phrase. My season here is over. It's amazing how your season was was on time when you needed help. Okay. So that first group that... They live a double-minded life, and again, we see that admonition in Scripture. Um, uh, those that are double-minded aren't worthy of the kingdom, because the kingdom is a single. It is a single-minded goal, whether we like it or not. It doesn't mean that we are copies, right? But it does mean we we follow the pattern. Who is Jesus? And so there is a single mind. Unity is required. To, to lay hold of, of the power and, the, and the, the beauty of the kingdom. And so double-minded lives are ever marked by a time of deciding and determining what is going on. You know anybody like that? Hey, listen, I, I mean, I love what y'all are doing, but I'm, I'm still just thinking, oh, i got to figure it out. I'm still not sure. I still need to read about 14 more books, and then I'll see what's going on. I don't know. Ever inquiring. And in this day and age, it's easier than ever to ever inquire. Well, I hear what you're saying, but I want to hear what this guy's saying. I want to hear what this lady's saying. I hear what this ministry's saying. I want to hear this perspective, that perspective. Now, listen, if part of that is so you can gain wisdom and understanding, great. But if you're not careful and it provides an unstable foundation by which you live, you need to settle down. You need to find what you're convinced is true. And, and I got news for you. You're probably going to be wrong and miss it, just like all of us do. But you got to find somewhere to, to get an anchor down. So the Lord can allow you to start having fruit in your life, as you can grow and thrive. And and so the, the heart of that inquiry is this, is Jesus from God or not? Really is, that's the heart, that's the back wall of all of our doubts, all of our fears and insecurities, I want to help us out. You're still wrestling with, is Jesus God or not? Because we talk about he's the Lord of our lives, he's the king, we have the pattern, it's laid out for us, but we still entertain doubt, fear, mixed message, mixed sound, double-minded, scratch all your excuses to the side, this is what you're actually still trying to figure out, is Jesus God or not? Because if he is, that means God is in you, and God plus you can't be stopped. Right? Okay. The second group is convinced, persuaded, assured and have begun to move in real revelatory understanding, okay? I love this group, I do, but there's also some danger to it, okay? Because I've already touched on it. God has opened their eyes, He's opened their ears, He's spoken to their hearts. They have admitted and confessed, Jesus is from God. But if you're not careful, their love is for the message. Their love is for the message. What do I mean by that? Romans 14, 17. Kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the message. Man, I love the kingdom of God. But then you dare them to practice righteousness, peace, and joy. And then it's like all hell breaks loose. Or how about righteousness, peace, and joy to those that are deserving of righteousness, peace, and joy? I don't know if I can demonstrate kingdom to transgender people, because those people are nut jobs right so again what i'm saying is we love the message until the demands of the message say okay prove it prove that you are who what you say you believe and that's that's the second group they're they're moving forward they're moving but man when the conviction starts getting tested of what they truly believe right and again You guys heard it, Varner said it multiple times. If what I believe can't be walked out in my shoes, then what good is it to know? Again, it's a metaphor of just saying, if you believe it, you live it. You don't just talk about it. Okay? We can preach love till we're blue in the face. But when you have a chance to embrace the unlovable, that's when I know the gospel you believe. That's when you know. The gospel that you believe. Probably for most of us, the, the great stress and struggle and tension that we wrestle with is all the things we think we believe until they're tested. And then you're like, oh man, I, really, I don't really believe. Like, I like saying God is good, Dan, I, until it looks like He's not. So then do I believe it? Like, do I really believe it? Or am I just playing games here? Is God really unconditional love? Does God really judge no man? Okay, until I find someone that he should judge because, man, that dude, right? Okay. And the third and final group, the disciples, the committed ones, profitable to the kingdom, delivering others. They see and possess the kingdom of God. This third group declares, there is nothing that I will not do. There is nothing that I will not give up. If Jesus speaks to me, well, then I don't care. It doesn't matter. I'm so convinced at my core that the life and the light and the word of Jesus is reality. That I will alter my reality to line up with His. Right? I will, I will do the Father's will. <laughs> Again, you, you go back and read Jesus. That's, he lays it out. Right? What, what I'm teaching you is what the Father's taught me. I speak what He has spoken. Right? I, I, I don't have to do anything by myself. These devoted ones declare Jesus is God to those whom He sends His name, to those whom He sends in His name, they're the corporate voice of God in the earth. And so these are people finally, I've talked a lot about those who don't believe the message, those who only love the message, but then your your disciples who are committed, they love the messengers. There's a big difference. Again, you can love Jesus as the word, but do you love him as the messenger? Right? How about do you love those that are sent in his name? You know what I'm saying? I know this is tough. This is a tough word. I've heard more than one father in my life literally say, I mean, with brokenness in their voice, I am so tired of going to places where I'm tolerated. I want to go where I'm celebrated if you want to in a moment, that is saying, I think I'm just done preaching to people who love a message. I'm getting exhausted. Is there anybody who loves me just just because of who I am and who I represent? Right? Right? So these are some ways we can gauge where are we in our relational journey. You can even gauge it down to, to certain people. You know, I, I think it's right. It's right when you first meet someone to be curious, right? Actually, I'm, I'm a little weary when someone just comes in and they, they're acting like they're all that in a bag of chips, you know? Flying above the stage. I can sing any song. I can, I can help with the sound. I can do all these things. I'm like, just chill for a minute because I'm curious about you. I'm, I'm not sure if I buy into it or not, right? So this isn't just about Jesus. This can be about how we navigate relationships, but then there comes time where you see that you start to be convinced of who they genuinely are, but you still have to make sure you navigate some issues because that's the place. They love the message. They can be selfish. They're, they're, more, about, they're more about getting free than helping others become free. Again, nothing wrong with that. If you're bound, I want you to be free, but I don't want you to live in a state of always having to be free. Do you hear what I'm saying? At some point... I mean, I'm not a genius with math or any of that. Actually, math was my worst subject in school. At some point, you should be able to stop contending with certain things so that you can actually just live free. And that again, that goes back to trusting. Do I actually believe that Jesus is God? Jesus lives in me, my freedom lives in me. And again, I get it, it's process, some things are bigger issues than others, some traumas can take years to, to, to uproot and, and dissolve, but put in the work, I promise you it's worth it, put in the work. You know, more now more than ever, I'm so encouraged the church is embracing the need for therapy, the need for, for healing, that is not just cast it out. You guys Okay. <laughs> I grew up in, in a lot of that. You're lacking in faith? Well, cast out that spirit of faithlessness. Oh, oh, okay. Right? Fear? Cast out the spirit of fear. If you've read my book, Guaranteed Victory, I'll plug it for a second. Boom. You're up. There's not, there's this thing as a spirit of fear. Okay? Spirit of fear is talking about a disposition. It's not a demonic spirit called fear that, you know, wears a cape and has horns. Right? And they were even told the spirit God gives us, power, love, sound mind. I mean, and those aren't spirits either. They're disposition. Actually, if you go and you read it in the, in the Hebrew, it talks about vital powers and strength. So it says when God gives us those things, it's vital powers and strength to our soul. So if we're lacking in those things, we need to get our focus back on Him, right? Anyway, I didn't mean to get into all that either. So where are you in your relational journey? Let's just let's, let's bring it back to bear. Let's get our focus back on the Lord. Where are you right now? I'm going to pose this question on Facebook and YouTube and all these places. Where are you right now in your journey with the Lord? Are you still a spectator? <clears throat> curious? I'm checking him out. I want to see what he's about. Right? I, 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 love, I love that way there. Astonished by miracles. It's one of the hallmarks of the curious. I'm not saying we, don't, we celebrate miracles, absolutely. But when a miracle happens, if you're like, oh my God, the whole world, the access of the world has shifted. I didn't know that God did stuff like this. At some point, it should become the norm, right? Miracles, healing, signs and wonders, especially if you're committed to the gospel of the kingdom because we're told the disciples when they go, they'd preach the gospel and that stuff would follow them. So it became so commonplace for them. One of the calling cards of apostolic ministry was that signs and miracles just showed up. So you, you can't be astonished forever. At some point, you have to realize there's a connection between what we're demonstrating, who we carry, what we're releasing, and what's being manifested. So are, are you level two, maybe? And, and, you know, and you may have some areas where you're all three of these a little bit here and there. Who knows? Believers, we're convinced. But maybe, to be honest, you, you love the message, and it's a good message. We got to get past loving the message. We got to love the messenger. We've got to love the source of the word. We've got to love the source of the revelation. We've got to love the fountainhead of the waters. If it's all said and done, if all of us were robbed of our voice, will we still be able to share the gospel? I think so. Because love oftentimes we don't adequately speak it we don't adequately describe it you know i wonder wonder that, what if the church tomorrow went mute could we still demonstrate the gospel by our love for the messenger huh it's an interesting thought and so lord just help us today lord as we as we wrestle with these truths, Lord, just let them sink into our spirits. Lord, I thank you that, you know, relationship with you is a journey, and help us, Lord, to grow and mature in our journey. Help us to identify these areas where we, we need to mature and grow up. You know, maturity is not a bad word. You know, it's, it seems that there are times and circles, especially within the church, when mat- maturity is almost elevated to profanity. You don't use that word. Oh, my goodness. Because you just don't know what people have been through. You just don't know where where people are as if that somehow dismisses our need to grow up. You know, all my kids have been through their own individual things, but they still must grow up. It's it's non-negotiable. And so Lord, help us to continue to mature in our relationship with you, our relationship with others. Lord, in the places where perhaps our curiosity has gotten the best of us, Lord, help us to be convinced of your goodness. Help us to be convinced of your character. And perhaps in those places right now, and I find myself oftentimes in such a place where I love the message, a message that is changing me, exciting me, changing lives. But but Lord, help me to remember that there's a love greater than the message. is the love for the messengers. When it's said and done, it's not what you said that changed me. It's what you did. You're the words of God, as much as I... Love those spoken words. They didn't die for me. The word that became flesh did that. And it was an action. So Lord, I just thank you. Thank you, Lord. Just help us in the journey. We help us. We need grace for this. We're not going to figure this out on our own, but help us to walk it out in wisdom and again to walk it out in shoe leather so that we can truly impact the world around us. Lord, I thank you for all these things now. Decree them by faith in and through the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much, Facebook, for being a part of this. Again, like and share this so others can be blessed as a result. Uh, YouTube, you know what to do. Like us, turn on notifications so you can get updated when we have new messages posted. And then if you're on our podcast, listen to us while you're at the gym, driving down the road. It's free and available to you. God bless you. Have an amazing week and we look forward to seeing you next time.